Welcome to All About HR. I'm your host, Tom Horn, and I'm on a journey to learn about all things HR. I'm documenting my conversations with thought leaders, HR professionals, and real employees about everything from recruiting, workplace of the future, benefits, you name it. We're all about HR. Let's go. All right, here we are for our December episode of Tom Learning All About HR. It's been an awesome year. I'm super excited about this. Uh, it might be the last episode of the season. We'll see. Uh, but super excited about the conversation today with our guest. Our guest is Britt Griffin. He is a human resources and diversity executive, currently vice president of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging for IEA, Infrastructure and Energy Alternatives, which is a $2.5 billion, 6,000 employee national leader in renewable energy and construction industry, headquartered in Indianapolis. Britt has over 25 years of experience leading human resources and diversity initiatives for many companies throughout his career. Currently, he is developing strategies and initiatives to create a culture of belonging at IEA, where all people can be seen, heard, understood, and valued. Outside of work, he enjoys spending time with his wife and daughter, as well as cheering on the Chicago Bears, Bulls, White Sox, and Blackhawks. Britt, welcome to All About HR. Tom, thank you for having me. It's been a long time, my friend. Glad that we were finally able to connect as we close out 2022. Yeah, this is, uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation since I think it first came up sometime in the summer. That's correct. Yeah. Due to our busy schedules, uh, I've been I've been on the edge of my seat waiting for this one. Well, I appreciate you sticking in there with me and looking forward to our, our discussion today. Well, you know, I think I probably have to own some of that delay. So, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll call it a draw. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's a lot I want to talk to you about, but I want to get right to my first question. Then I think we'll have a nice flow from there. But Britt, you know, we're always looking to learn. We're, our ears are always open here at All About HR. What are you listening to right now? Well, it's the Christmas season, Tom, so radio is full of Christmas songs, each station. But I also like to listen to gospel music, Marvin Sapp, Tasha Cobbs, Leonard are two of my favorite currently. Really anything by them really gets me going. And then I love old school rap. You know, I grew up listening to old school rap, so anything... Old school, EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, LL Cool J, Black Sheep, Digital Planets, anything old school, I'm into it. And that always is uh, at the top of my list of things to listen to. I make two different mixes every every year. One in the spring oh, and really? summer, okay. one in the fall and winter. And there is always some Digable Planets, EPMD, Black Sheep, yes. get some Far Side out there. There you go. That is, uh, I, in yeah. my mind, it's probably just because of the the age I am at, but like, that was some of the best music. Well, it, it was some of the best because the genre was still being created and developed. And I think you saw a lot of music. Plus at that time, you know, a little history here, Indianapolis didn't play rap music. So I really was getting a lot of my rap music from A, friends back in Chicago, which I'm really from that area. And then B, one of my other best friends here, who lived in Detroit and he would bring back cassette tapes and we would listen to them and so on. But music at that point wasn't digital. So you could only hear it through a someone giving it to you or going to a party. So it just made it kind of unique to say, Hey, have you heard this before? Someone said, no, I never heard that. Where now you can Google any music and pull right up on your phone and listen to whatever you want to listen to. A little bit of a different genre, uh, age group. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, there was something sweet about that. I mean, I remember the very, 
I, I can vividly see it in my head right now as we're talking about it. The very first time I ever heard LL Cool J. And we were up in my buddy's bedroom, and of course it was his older brother, you know, that yes. had that had somehow gotten his hands on a tape, and we were just like, "What is this? This is awesome!" <laughs> it blew our heads off. Uh, and honestly, I was, I, it blew my head off, and I loved it. But I was definitely like, "Man, I'm kind of intimidated by this music a little bit." Yeah, and I, I, I consider myself fortunate in a head because one of my friends back in that time period. His roommate was a DJ. So I would hear first run music that no one else had ever heard that he was playing, or I'd hear stuff on the radio, go over his house, and I would say, Hey, do you have this particular music? Do you have Black Sheep? Oh, yeah, I've got that. Oh, wow. How about Most Step? Oh, yeah, Most Step, I've got that. Oh, wow. And no one else would have it, but he would always have it because he was a DJ. Those are, uh, those are good friends to have. Yes. Yeah, I love this. Uh, and th- again, this is why I do this podcast. You and I have been, we've known each other for probably, I don't know, a year and a half or two years. Year and a half. That's right. Some amount of time in there. I don't think we've ever just sat down and talked uh, talked music like this before. So we're, we're already <laughs> opening true. up brand new conversations here. This is great. Yes. So you and I first met, you know, I, I worked with uh, at People Element. We had brought on your previous, your previous employer and you were a fantastic partner with getting people on launch there. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, you changed, you changed jobs and yeah. you're one of those great people that, you know, in my world, when somebody you've loved working with changes jobs and all of a sudden you see their name pop up in LinkedIn, Hey Tom, let's chat <laughs> as a business development person, as somebody who has a whole career in relationships, yeah. it, it was just great to see that. And, and I loved working with you. So Tell me a little bit about, I know, but let, tell the listeners about where you landed, what you're doing now. You know, I gave kind of your bio at the beginning, but what are you up to? What's, what's your job as Vice President of Diversity Inclusion? Sure, sure. It's a great place to start. Really, I'm fortunate, um, and this is a value of relationships. One of the, uh, actually the Vice President of, of TA here, I had met her at a previous employer when I was interviewing for another position, reached out to me and said, hey, we are developing a new role here at IEA. We were looking at launching our diversity initiative, recalled our conversation from four years ago, actually, and have been following me on LinkedIn. And that's what got me here. So IEA infrastructure uh, organization alternatives, what we do is we're a clean energy organization. So we work with municipalities, we work with developers, on putting together clean energy solutions from um, solar also to wind as we call it. So if you walk by or if you happen to be riding by and you see a wind turbine, they're not windmills, they're called wind turbines. We do that work. Uh, also we do construction as well, some road construction, rail and other things, but our really our bread and butter, what we're known for is that. And what I, my role is, is to develop the foundation, the framework for DEIB. In fact, when I first arrived here, it was just diversity and inclusion. And then I had a really good conversation after I received the position with our leaders around, would they be open to looking at calling this diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging? And I really had to explain what that was because I wanted them to lean into it. But most importantly, I wanted them to understand the impact of adding the equity and the belonging. So my role today is to 
lead our organization on that journey. First two years are really built upon just really laying out the foundation and framework for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So I've been meeting with leaders, developing content, putting together the strategy, which is our first year uh, focused on. And then the, additionally, this first two years is around awareness. How do we create awareness around diversity? So we're 11, 12 months into our journey. Just was, uh, just had my first year anniversary last month. I mean, I'm sorry, last week. Happy anniversary. So looking forward to continue. Thank you very much. So looking forward to years to come. So in a nutshell, building a framework around diversity, putting together the strategy as our focus um, for these couple years. And we're really focused on three areas. We're focused on people, culture, and also community. Because we believe those three things really are things that our organization really values closely. I want to start at the beginning and say, I love the clean energy. appreciate what you're doing out there. I think that's vitally important. And that's a great place to be really building a strong base of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because my guess is there's a pretty long roadmap for clean energy here uh, uh, in needs over the next 20 years. So I think it's probably a great place to be right now. That, that is true. And if you follow politics, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around clean energy and we're at the forefront, one of the leaders uh, in the United States as it relates to that type of work. So we're excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm new to this industry, learning each and every day about what we do and how we do it. Um, and it's great to be a part of something in which you could see a future in. As you say, clean energy is the future of our world. And I'm just happy to be a part of an organization that's leading that at the forefront. Sure seems that way. I want to dig into another part that you talked about. You you changed from DEI to DEIB. And I see, you know, people, I mean, we love the belonging part. Like we're totally aligned with you that if you do all those things right, people feel like they belong. And if you're doing some things, right. people aren't going to feel like they belong. And, and belonging almost feels like a an output of the other pieces. But, mm -hmm. you know, what's right? I see DEI, DI, or, you know, DEIB. Like, is there a difference? Like, why did, why was it so important for you to change it? And do you think it's important just in general conversation about how we talk about um, uh, DEI, DEIB? Yeah, it, it is. And, and it's important for several reasons. And I think the very first one is really being able to define what's great for your organization, what's good for your organization. You know, one of the things I've learned in this journey, and I, and I call my own personal journey of learning about diversity versus the company's journey. What I've learned in my personal journey is every company is different. Each company may have a different focus. So some companies may just be focused on equity and inclusion, while others may be focused on diverse equity and inclusion, or others may be focused on appreciation. So for myself, after dialoguing with my leader, after dialoguing with our other leaders and other people in the company, I came back to them and said, what'd you think about this? And what would be your, um, your impression if we made these changes? Because the first thing I did when I got to the company was I met with our five executives to really understand why is diversity important? Then I came back and said, what if we put our strategy under these four areas, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging? So it goes back to what is good for your organization. 
Great. And does it fit into the framework in which you're trying to build as a company? So that's where I started at. And then I began to build out the other part of it in a lot more detail so that they could really understand, okay, this is what this means. And this is how it could help us in the future. That makes a lot of sense. It's not even as much about preference as it's about what matters to you. What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. What's yeah. the culture? What are you doing? So that, that helps. Yeah. If you're a company, let's just say if you're a McDonald's and if you watch McDonald's and you listen to their commercials, they're selling fast food to the consumer. They have a variety of commercials that speak to many different audiences because they're trying to sell that computer to that customer. Well, we're not who they are. So we really felt that for us, the first thing to focus on was people. So the first pillar, the first thing that we're focused on is creating an environment attract that will allow us to attract talent. So for us people, it's about attracting, recruiting, and developing diverse talent. Uh, and we're also retaining diverse talent. We believe this is extremely important for us that we have strategies on attraction and recruitment. And those two things are different. Attraction is how can we attract different people to come to our organization. So our advertising may be different. Our recruiting style and, and, and how we go to market for talent may be different. Our recruiting may be different as well because now that we're actually engaging with people, what does that look like? How does that show up when we go to job fairs on college campuses and in military and so on and so forth? So it's a difference there. And in addition to that, it's important that once we have the diverse talent in the organization, that we have programs that help develop people. People want to come to companies, but people really want to come to companies to grow. So it's important that we have yep. development opportunities for folks. And then the last thing for under people is retention. Okay, we've attracted, recruited, we've developed them, but how do we retain people? And that then leads us to our second pillar, which is culture. In the sum it all up, we're trying to create a culture of belonging where people can be seen, heard, understood, and valued. We believe if we create that, that'll help us retain people. It'll help us retract and recruit people. It'll increase engagement. Show me somebody who doesn't feel like they belong in a company, and I'll show you somebody who's not engaged or disengaged. The two go together. I can't disagree Retention with that. Retention goes together. Yeah, anybody who feels like they belong and are engaged most likely are not leaving a company. They're most likely are leaving a company. So we want to create this culture of belonging where all people feel this way. And I use the word all because it's not for some or for the few. It's for all people. And then the third thing for us is community, which is how is how can we give back to the community? How do we partner with diverse organizations? in the cities and the communities in which we do business. So we're highly focused on developing relationships with diverse organizations. We're focused also on trying to find other organizations that maybe we haven't heard of or other organizations that we feel that we can contribute to by many different things we do from donations to donating our time to so on and so forth. So for us, it's about people, it's about culture, and it's about community. I'm already feeling a bit inspired here. Uh, I absolutely love that. And I think one of the things that also around those pillars that you mentioned right off the bat was people want growth. And yeah. if you're not engaged, it's hard to focus on growth. If you're not feeling like you belong, it's hard to focus on growth. And 
the fact that you sure. understand that piece when you're trying to find talent and when talent's finding you by what you're already mm-hmm. doing, understanding that that is a big need on the onset is huge. Uh, we talked to a lot of companies about that to think, oh, it's pay, it's this, it's that. Right. Growth is always one of the biggest pieces. So I think uh, I think your company and, and you are, are well on your way identifying that as a first piece. And then having the pillars to support that and provide an environment to where you can grow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and to add on to that, uh, I wanted to make it simple for people, people, culture, community. You can remember those three things. Most people can't. In addition to that, easy to understand easy to connect to in terms of your business strategy, your talent management strategy. No matter which strategy you have, it's going to involve people. You need to have a great culture in order for people to thrive. And community is just all the things which we do that aligns with our ESG strategy, environmental, social, and government strategy as well. So it just made it simpler for people. So I think if you can make this work simple so that people understand that, oh, here's what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I can lean into that. Make it simple for them. Make it also easier for them to understand. It's very easy to understand that you're trying to attract, recruit, develop, and retain people. Okay, yeah. We're doing that anyway, but let's look at doing it more in this particular area. And then developing a culture where all people feel like they belong. Yeah, yeah, people can lean into that. And, of course, community work speaks for itself. So I wanted to make it easy for people and not overcomplicate this. Another another big area, you know, if you're at home taking notes, that's another big one. Simple wins. People ask me yeah. what management books I read. Almost all of them are less than 200 pages because I will take them and fly <laughs> through them and absorb them and keep going on with my life. Simplicity. Get yeah. it, make it easy for people to get your knowledge. You're going to get that knowledge yeah. there. So yeah. we're going to take a quick break because when we come back, I want to talk about how you implement this, how, you know, we've got great structure, great philosophy, but how do you build this system? Um, You've been there a year. How far have you gotten? Where are you going to take it to? Mm -hmm. What's this arc look like? I want to get into all that. Uh, The last quick question before uh, we we go on a, a quick break is you've told me some of the truths about DEIB. What are a couple quick untruths that we might be able to just throw out there and eliminate, and then we'll go on break and talk about build, building on this uh, structure you talked about. I think the number one is it has no impact on the bottom line. And that's just not true. And don't take it from me. Research it. Look at McKinsey and Company. Very well-known consulting firm. Does reports on diversity quite often. Deloitte and Touche. Look at the reports they put out. Go and look at the data. The data will tell you that organizations that are more diverse are oftentimes and are more profitable. In addition to that, organizations that are more diverse are more innovative. Companies that are more innovative are more profitable. Companies that have diversity within their organization have higher engagement and higher retention. And all the data is available for you today. That's a great thing about this topic is that the data is out there. that's a big myth. I think the other second myth is it's hard work. And it's not hard work. It's not. I mean, it's hard work in terms of doing the work, but it's not hard to get started because you need to start first with developing one big question, which is what are we trying to accomplish? 
No different than you would with any other strategy. No different than what you would with any other plan. Then you start developing your plan. Well, oftentimes what happens, Tom, is diversity is a topic where people get so personal about that they have a hard time seeing past their own personal beliefs and thoughts or others' beliefs and thoughts. They don't get to the business strategy part of it. Right. If you look at this as a business strategy and you take out a lot of the emotion and personal things around it, then you would do first. What? Hey, what are we trying to accomplish? Then you put your plan together, your strategy together, and then you start to go through and implement it like you would anything else. So those would be the things in which I would say are myths that are easily debunked if you do your research and if you start from a great place. And those are big. Uh, those, are, those are big myths. So uh, that's great. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back with how to build this business strategy. We'll be right back. All right, it is time for the HR hot sauce. Britt, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. What's the best job you've ever had? I would say my first real leadership position. Awesome. I had a very similar experience myself. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? I can do it myself. I don't need your help. Do you like working in rainy or sunny days? Sunny days. How can someone make your day at work? Contributing to something I'm working on, asking me to contribute to something that they're working on and collaborate. I really get a lot of energy from that. Big pivot here. What's your best useless skill, Brett? Best useless skill today would be anything sports related. I pick up sports very easily, except for golf. (laughs) I don't think anybody picks that up fast. Mild, medium, hot, or nuclear? I would say nuclear. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? Give me three examples of how you would make our organization better. Fantastic. And finally, name a song that you always go to to bring you out of a funk. Ain't No Joke by Eric B. and Rakim. Rap song, old school. Always gets me fired up. That is a great song. And you are done with the HR Hot Sauce. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back talking with Britt Griffin about creating diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging in the workplace. Uh, Honestly, the first half of this episode has been, I I could put a bow on this and send it out out to the market. It's been fantastic. But when we last spoke, you took me through the process of how you've built this idea this philosophy into an actual business strategy. And that's really where I want to spend the whole rest of this conversation with. How do you implement this into work today? You've got the cultures and pillars and I've seen that and they're great, but I think that's where most companies stop and they don't know how to do the next part. Um, So talk to us. I'll go on mute. I'm going to let you go here, but how do you implement this into work today? Well, the, the very first step, in the process that I've used, it's been successful, and I did that here at IEA, um, is first having that conversation with our five executive leaders around, what are we trying to accomplish? What really do we want to see come out of this? What are the outcomes that we want to see come out of this? And I met with all five of them, individually, 45 minutes to an hour, 
just having a discussion about diversity and where they saw that and how they saw it in terms of attaching it to the business strategy. But I also wanted to get their own personal beliefs and commitment to the work and then find out, okay, now that you've given me that, let's talk about what it's going to take to meet to take the next step. So I did that with them first, came back, summarized um, the results because I wanted to make sure it's very important that your executive team is aligned. If you got five executives and four say, well, we're not interested in this work at all, then you got an issue. So after I met with them, then I was able to come back, summarize the results and say, okay, we are aligned on this work. Everyone is very interested in it. The next thing was to talk about what do we want to accomplish and then begin to put together action steps. Okay, if we want to be an organization that attracts, recruits, develops, and retains diverse people, if we want to be an organization that really has a family culture, then here are the things we're going to have to do. One, you're going to have to partner with your talent acquisition team to develop your diversity recruiting strategy. Okay, how do we go after talent? How do we go after diverse talent? That's going to be a key part of it. So now you're developing and partnering with your talent acquisition team on recruiting. In addition to that is, okay, how do we increase cultural competence of our leaders who have not had any sort of diversity training? Well, we're going to need to train them. We're going to need to put together a curriculum and content to assist them in becoming more cultural competent around this, which means we're going to have to either A, buy some stuff off the shelf, train up our training and development team, or we're going to have to partner with a consultant that can actually deliver this training for me. Because your learning and development team and your talent acquisition team are two of your key partners in this particular work. So those are the first two things. In addition to that, was looking at resources. Okay, what am I going to need on my team to really take this 6,000 employee organization to the next level. So I put together a proposal for my manager to add a diversity manager who could help manage employee resource groups that could work closely with talent acquisition, to work closely with other leaders because you're gonna need consultants. Consultants in the sense of people will come to you and say, how do I handle all this? Uh, and what I'm saying in a nutshell, it's not work that you can do by yourself. One building a team of people that can help you to partnering with other people in the organization, talent acquisition, learning and development, and then marketing and communications was my other partner. We work very close together. We meet every other Tuesday, but I just met this morning because they help us from communicating the work that we're doing. They help us in the events that we're having. And they also help us from a social media point of view, because you want to be able to show the community candidates, stakeholders in the community that you're actually are doing this good work. Uh, once you have those pieces in place, you then start to put together action plans by working with each of those individuals. Okay, time acquisition, let's talk about what it's going to take. Learning and development, let's now get down to the details of what kind of courses and when they'll be offered and which level in the organization receive what kind of courses. What courses do individual contributors receive? What courses do others receive it don't manage people at all and start to put together your learning and development strategy for how you're going to take the, the organization forward the key piece to remember is diversity is a journey it's not going to happen in 12 months 
It's not going to happen in 24 months. So we started with just building the framework and the foundation. And where we are, we're 12 months into this. We're, I thought we're off to a great start. This first year is really focused on awareness. So part of our strategy was to say, okay, we don't actually have the internal resources to do diversity training, but how can we bring awareness? So every month what I do is I bring in diversity speakers who speak on many different dimensions of diversity. These are education opportunities to our employees. Speakers come in, we stream it live on our, through our platform that we use called Empower. Employees can look on their app or their laptop or their desktop and watch a video. Uh, or we actually stream it live, but they can also, it's also recorded. They can go back yeah, and watch great. it. And what that does is bring awareness because when you're watching and listening, you're learning. In addition to that, we take questions at the end where you can actually type in questions in the chat and the speaker will answer those questions. Also, each month we put out resources for people to learn about diversity. So if you're unfamiliar with what pronouns is, you can go to our site. Um, you can go to the, um, the place where we keep our resources and you learn all about pronouns. If you want to understand more information about the disabled community, we have resources there as well. So we do all of these things to create awareness. We're hyper-focused on knowing that our starting point is from scratch. And we're also focused on the fact that we know that this is going to take a while. So that our first year is about awareness, building the framework, we've got the three pillars, and I'm working with our leaders to develop the other content under talent acquisition, under learning and development, and also marketing communications is helping as well. Uh, the other thing we're working on too is what you need to have as part of your strategy is understanding what are your goals for that year? And what do you want to accomplish your first year, your second year? Be realistic when you're putting your plan and your goals together. Short wins, I'm a big believer in that. Keep in mind, this takes time. The other thing you want to focus on as well is how are you going to measure your success? So I have a person on my team who also was in. Anything that's a long arc. Actually, uh, if I could jump in real quick, but go right ahead. And I want to dig into that, but you're a year in and you say it's not immediate. And you've mentioned a couple of times that arc, like what, what does an arc look like? And there's no one shoe fits all kind of thing, but I mean, is it, are you talking three years, five years, 10 years, forever? Um, would you mind just not like just talking about sure, the arc for sure. a little bit, for a minute? It, it really depends on where your starting point is. Um, you know, part of that initial discussion I mentioned with our five executives, I'm also assessing the company because I'm meeting with different people, talking to different people. If you're further ahead on the assessment, which means, hey, maybe your company has done some things as relates to diversity, you've had some education, you've had some starts and stops, then you might be further ahead. If you are with an organization who is starting from scratch, then it's probably going to take you a lot longer. So part of your assessment is really learning your company. I have a two-year strategy, which is all about the foundation. And then after two years, I think we should start getting into implementing because you have to integrate diversity into all the things you do in a company, into your talent management strategy, into your business strategy, into all the things in which you do, which is why this work is so different. If you think of it through yeah. 
the lens of integration. How do I integrate diversity into our marketing strategy? How do I integrate that into our values, into our talent management strategy? It has to be integrated. It can't sit alone in a place in the organization by itself, which is why you don't see diversity departments that have 50 to 20 people because they work with others in the company to get it integrated into uh -huh. that. So a part of the journey is you assessing, okay, I believe this is gonna take us a little bit longer, or wow, seems like our folks are really prepared to move to uh, another level. And that way you can take another level. Um, you, can, you can start quicker and you can end quicker. Here, here's probably a better example. So when I first got here, I wanted to make it simple people, culture, community, but I also put together four levels where I wanted to make sure that we had a starting point and an end point. So for us, the first level was compliance, which is okay. We want to make sure we're compliant, make sure that we're doing all the things we're doing. Level two was programmatic, which means we're beginning to look at different programs we can put into place. We are posting on diverse websites. We're introducing some, some actual education. But the transition point happens at level three for us because now it becomes leader-led. So getting it to the point where your leaders are now looking at diversity, understanding it and linking it to the business is when you really start to take off because now it's no longer an HR or diversity initiative, it's a leadership diversity, leader leaders initiative. And then level four for us, which is really the holy grail, the, the, the goal, the, the finish line for us, which is when we feel like we've integrated it into all the things we do and we're leveraging diversity to create business value. So that journey of compliance, yeah. programmatic, leader-led integration sometimes takes a long while because you want to get it to the point where your leaders are really leaning into this diversity work and it's no longer just being led by the diversity team or by human resources, that your leaders are taking an active part in that. Once you get to that point, you really start to move things forward much quicker because now you're moving people versus just one or two people. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And when I talk to people, when I listen to a lot of people talking about diversity, inclusion, belonging, it's that time frame of like how long and how do we measure? And it really is yeah. a long, slow process because it has to like get through, you know, it's, it's, it's culture. It has to get through, yeah. permeate how you talk, how departments talk, like it permeates every bit and that takes time and you can't well, rush you know, it. As, as you know, the, the business you're in people element, you, you know, help organizations in many ways with surveys and so on. Think of it through engagement. Think of it as, wow, how do we get to 100% all employees engaged? Well, that's gonna, probably going to take a while. Yeah. And that we're probably going to have to have a plan and a strategy to do that. Diversity is the same way as well. It's going to take a plan and a strategy to do that. And it may take you five or 10 years. Many of my friends who work at larger organizations who have received awards have always told me, you'll never get to the point where it's 100%. Why? Because the organization is always evolving. People are coming and going out of the organization. And this work is all about people. Many people, not one person. It's really about all people. So it's important that you set realistic goals when you're putting your goals together. 
that you set realistic expectations for others outside of the diversity department, outside of HR, and you communicate those and say, you know what, this first year we want to do these three or four things. That's all we're doing. So for me, the next two years is built on doing two things, developing the framework and the strategy. We're just building this. So when I talk to people, I say, yep, we're still building it. So everything you're do we're doing, we're just building it. That sets people at ease, plus it puts realistic expectations on right. them. Because you're not going to go from an organization that's whatever your percentage of, of, of diverse representation is to 50% by next year. That's impossible. So set well, back to McDonald's, right? Like, yeah. Like yeah. What, what was that arc? I'm sure McDonald's didn't just do a yeah. two-year diversity program to like, I mean, you can tell right. now at this point that is through their culture and their yeah. system. And there's no way that was a quick process. That is so true. Yeah. So it takes some time. And I feel like you're bringing us back to where I cut you off is quantifying that success too. So, uh, yeah, good, 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 Glad good you brought job. us back good, to that. Good. No, you were bringing us back there. <laughs> I'm just acknowledging that. So uh, yeah, uh, keep it, going. The, 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 measure, the measurement piece, Tom, is one that I enjoy talking about because it is unique to you, you as an organization. If having a certain reputation, uh, representation of people within a certain department or a certain level of organization, that means something in your organization, then that's a goal you set. But it may not be the goals that other companies set. It might just be, hey, we want to introduce diversity as a goal and train 100 managers the first year. The second year may be, hey, we would like to participate in these types of job fairs or, or hiring events. So it's very important that you align your goals to what you're trying to accomplish as a company and that your goals align to the talent management strategy in HR and they align to the business strategy. But make them about your company, not about what you see other companies do because you're not that company and they're not you, which is why you have to Great make point. them about that. And then make them small, small in the sense of I wouldn't do 10. Three is a good number to start off with. And then the other piece is determine how we're going to measure that. Oftentimes we jump into things. I'll say that as an HR professional, oh, let's measure this. Okay, how are we going to measure that? Ooh, that's right. We don't have the <laughs> systems or the yeah. process to measure that. Let's, oh, yeah, let's do exit interviews for everybody. Okay, well, how are we going to measure that? We got to, can't do that by taking notes was how you and I met, you know, we were taking notes and got folders and spreadsheets. Wait a minute, how can we automate this? Right. Which is how we got introduced to do a people element. Now we have this, you know, dashboard and action plans and survey questions. So be realistic about what you can accomplish. Develop a group of people inside and outside of HR that you can bounce things off of before you actually put something into action that's realistic. That's this is a master class in making DEIB effective to getting that B, to getting that belonging. Yes. So I'm now yeah. going to do something that I've just as recently as yesterday been talking about how much I dislike. We're at the end of the year. We're heading into 2023. The predictive <laughs> next year crystal ball question that I disliked right up until I'm about to ask you that. But I mean, it's, I think it's important, especially with this conversation because I don't want to call it ground zero, but 
We've had diversity inclusion belonging surveys and been helping organizations with that for years and years. It wasn't until June 2020, everybody started asking, hey, do you have that? Can we have this? Can we buy this? So I don't want to call it like the ground zero, but that was a huge moment in time for this. And naturally, the next year, everyone's talking about it. And companies are building diversity and inclusion committees. And, oh, we've got this committee and we're going to do this. And we're going to focus on that. We're going to hire somebody dedicated to that. Where are we at right now? Is it working? Is it moving forward? Is it losing steam? Or is the slow game that you just described starting to really take root and we're going to continue to see uh, progress in 2023. So what is your prediction of where we're at? Are we fading or are we accelerating in the workplace with diversity, inclusion, equity, inclusion, and belonging? That is a great question. You know, I, I attended the Sherm inclusion conference in San Diego last month in October. It was amazing. Um, with having some conversations with some folks around that. And I would, I would compare it to this. If you're serious about working out and getting in shape, then you're going to eat the right things. You're going to hit the gym. You're going to do all the things you need to. But if it's just the fad of the day that you want to work out and look slim because you want to head to Hawaii in March and then after that you're done, then that's exactly what's going to happen. So what you've seen now is organizations who are serious about diversity continue on that journey where you've seen organizations who jumped in to say hey we want that we want to be that organization Ooh, we, we need that are now starting to fade because what happened tom is they jumped in without a plan they didn't have any sort right. of outcomes identified they didn't have any priorities they just start to put together committees and employee resource groups and what happens in the workplace, as we all know, when you start to do busy work, eventually it impacts your real work. Yep. It eventually is like, hey, wait a minute, I'm spending all this time. I'm not even sure what this group is, this employee resource group I'm working on or toward. I need to get back to real work. And it fades away. Also, not having commitment from your executive leaders. Oftentimes, these programs fail. So in summary... Those organizations who really see this as being valuable, see leveraging diversity to create business values, have said, okay, we're in this to win this. For those organizations who jumped in because they saw other companies jump in and they wanted to get a quick start and thought they could lose 20 pounds in a week, guess what? Those are the companies right. who have now no longer going to the gym and their workout equipment is just collecting dust. And this is, that's what happens you know, in, in this work because it does take time. It's not a quick fix. It's not a quick win. And you're working with people. When you work with people, it's gonna take time because philosophies around diversity are different. For us, it's around looking at behaviors. We're not here to change people's minds and hearts really focus on changing behaviors and maybe that'll lead to people's changing minds and hearts because yeah. if you come in saying you know what i'm going to change your heart and mind by this program people will not will <laughs> yeah. not um lean into that but if you say hey let me expose you to some things let me provide some opportunities for us here's what we're trying to accomplish then people will slow walk into the diversity work so those who are committed are committed those who are not you know diversity was something of the past for them million dollar question and I was going to end it there, but I can't not ask this million-dollar question. Go right ahead. Keep going. 
how do we keep this front and center or for companies that had fallen off or haven't even started yet? We're still thinking about it without having a disaster, without having an incident. I feel like mm-hmm. so much of this is driven by reaction to something bad that happened. What are some strategies outside of just your workplace? You know, I think you've done a great job describing how to do it in the workplace, but just in general, really broad way to kind of end end this conversation here is how do we keep this conversation broader and not just based on reaction and based on just what it needs to be, which is us all coming together and evolving and, and moving forward. Any organization that cares about people and say they care about people needs to care about all people. Any organization that values engagement, values retention, which most organizations do, values talent. What's the biggest challenge for all companies today is how do we gain talent and retain it? Mm -hmm. That is the key and core to this diversity work. Oftentimes, we get clouded by our personal feelings or beliefs of what diversity is versus what it's not. And that then becomes a barrier to us getting to the real core of, oh, wow, if we create this work environment where all people feel like they belong, yeah, we all want to do that, right? Then we'll have higher engagement, right? We'll have higher engagement. We'll have higher retention. Eventually, we'll have more innovation, which will then affect the bottom line. So I think if we get back to focusing on people and bringing all people together to create this culture of belonging, to create this culture that people want to come and work and stay and not get caught up on what they think diversity is or caught up on other types of stereotypes, then they'll be successful. Because if you talk to any executive, any HR leader, it's all about the people. And if we just get back to that, diversity is a great opportunity for organizations to move ahead, to stay ahead, and also have some bottom line impact. Britt, phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. Genuinely appreciate the work you're doing out there. Uh, genuinely, uh, I love this. I, I, I would imagine people will have some questions about this. It's going to spark some fires. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but uh, where can people find you? Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out. Um, just plug my name in the search. Feel free to answer questions. One thing I believe highly in this work, how I learned it, because I reach out to many people. Feel free to reach out to me. We learn from from one another. The diversity community is typically very wide open and giving because I think most diversity leaders see the impact or the benefit of diversity, not only in the workplace, but also outside the workplace. Uh, and there's many of us who are at the same starting point, just getting started a year or two in uh, and are always looking for resources. So feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to respond. Fantastic. Britt. Appreciate you taking time today with Added Out. I'm learning all about DEIB. I appreciate it. Be well. Have happy holidays, Britt, and uh, we'll see you back out there soon. You do the same, Tom. Enjoy your holidays, and uh, to everyone else out there, enjoy your holiday as well, and happy new year. Stay safe, folks. Really appreciate you tuning in with us here at All About HR. Be safe. Be healthy. We might see you in the new year. might see you before the new year, but until then... Be well. Find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to people home and our sponsors. See you back soon. Take care. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. 
PeopleElement's employee experience and engagement solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com.